Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. Come into our velvet room and let's peek behind the mask with us for a very special, long-awaited episode, 100 episodes of your host, Cameron Dax. And also with us, we have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. That's me. He's here. It's a round of applause. A round of applause indeed. Uh, also with us, joining us, we have indie games editor, Campbell Gill. 100 episodes means 100 bad persona jokes, all leading up to this moment. It's it's finally come across us. And joining us again, it's a very special guest, Goomba Stomp contributing writer, James Cook. James, say hello. Hello, everybody. I'm here to steal your hearts again. <laughs> <laughs> You've already stolen mine, sir. Um, it's such a delight to, to have you back. And the reason uh, uh, for the for the uh, you know the legacy uh, listeners, the reason we're having James on is because James is a diehard Persona fan. We talked about this, I believe in our last episode that we had him on when we talked about... Oh, what the hell's the name of that game? Um, 13, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Rim. And I believe Persona came up in that discussion, unless I'm mistaken. And, uh, Probably, knowing they, me. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Uh, so we wanted to have James back on. James uh, reviewed Persona 5 on Switch for the website for Goomba Stomp. So we thought, like, you know what? Let's just blow it out. Let's have let's have the returning champion back on the show to talk about all things Persona 5 coming to Switch and what that means for a Nintendo audience. Um, gentlemen... Let's just get right into it. We don't have any like news to discuss. We're not talking about. We're not doing any spotlight this week. We just want to talk Persona Five. All of us have been like, I don't know, like vibrating with excitement at the prospect of this game coming to Switch ever since it was announced a couple of months ago, and uh, now it's it, it has been out for a little bit of, a little bit of time now. We've all got our hands on it. Uh, let's just jump in. Um, where where do we even start with uh, <laughs> with Persona Five? Do we talk about how? Um, Sojiro's uh, curry shop is the platonic ideal of a, of a of a place to be. Do we talk about uh, the the inimitable style that this game just exudes at every loading screen? Do we talk about the guy playing a PlayStation Vita on the subway? Like, where do we begin? Do we talk this about conversation Makoto being the best girl? I mean, there's just so many different places. To oh start. boy, <laughs> let's this not get into that straight away. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta build to the the. We'll the, be the, here all night. This is true. Listen, the, the debate would be uh, wide ranging and probably very fierce and perhaps even contentious if we started talking about uh, which is the best relationships in the game, but. We'll build to that. Um, I think let's start with a great big overview. Uh, so, James, you reviewed uh, uh, Persona 5 Royal for the Switch for Goomba Stomp. I did. Uh, why don't you give us like the the zoomed out, the 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 very base level, like what is Persona 5 Royal? Why is it such a big deal that it's on Switch? What can you tell us about that? Oh wow, uh, that's a big question. Um, Persona <laughs> 5 Royal is the is the definitive edition, the sort of director's cut almost of um, Atlas's possibly most well known, most mainstream, and now even more mainstream JRPG, 
Uh, it's your typical JRPG plot of a group of high schoolers who find out that they have some kind of um, superpower to enter an alternate world inside people's minds and see how they perceive the world around them, and they they use that power to fight crime and bring people to justice and make yeah. lots of friends and steal hearts. And it's uh, it's a very long game, um, but it's it's perfect on Nintendo Switch. I mean, mm. I, I said in my review, it makes very few sacrifices to to run really well on the console. It's a fantastic fit there. I mean, we've already had previous Persona games on handheld devices like Persona 3 Portable and, and Persona 4 Golden on PS Vita. So this really feels like it's it belongs there, you know? I, I fully agree with you. About a couple of nights ago, or I guess it was about a week ago, Campbell sent a message to, to Mark and I, and it, all it said was, Persona 5 on Switch just feels right. And I fully agree. Uh, <laughs> hey, Campbell, you, you want to kind of talk about what, what I want to know, what was the point at which you, you realized that? Was it right when you turned the game on, or was it like a few, few hours in? Like, what, what caused you to want to wanna mention that to us? It was literally just the the moment the game started and i was like seeing that whole opening cinematic where you know you have the little anime cutscene. you you have it starts out like in the middle of the action right you're in this the middle of a heist gone wrong basically you're running away you're escaping it lets you uh control the character for a little bit go into combat learn the basics of the mechanics and all that kind of stuff gives you a little snippet of what the game is like before throwing you into you know in true rpg fashion this really uh fairly elaborate uh, set up and opening story sequence but just seeing that on a portable device being able to sit back and just relax with it on my switch looking at the the story unfold seeing it in the palm of my hand it just it truly did just feel right because mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's a controversial opinion that rpgs are perfectly suited for portable devices like that's why we've had so many you know great jrpgs come to uh portable mm -hmm. devices before uh like james was saying other persona games have done it so it really just feels overdue for persona to come on the switch and like i adored persona on playstation 5 but just sitting there in front of my tv as they're they're fairly long narrative sequences where you're just sitting there watching characters talk i mean it's great i love the characters but it feels a little like you're stuck there if you're just sitting there looking at your TV. But it feels perfect on Switch. So, yeah. and and like James was saying, it's an excellent port too. It is truly like I was surprised at how great it looked too. I've been my heart has been broken too many times by Switch ports that promise yeah. the world and give you nothing. But like really, uh, it, it looks really really good on Switch. It's a the visuals are a little blurry in handheld mode, just a little bit though, which isn't it's not the end of the world and it wasn't like it was a hugely technically advanced game to begin with it still preserves the style it still looks great especially looks great on an oled if you're a cool kid like that uh i campbell i, I did want to say uh as the as the resident uh, oled users uh on the podcast <laughs> i i was gonna fully agree with you also i, I gotta admit the these my ancient eyes could not tell the difference how blurry uh it was or was not um mm -hmm. so i i gotta uh you know, I, I, I didn't notice that personally. Well, um, look, I, I, I just got to tell you, it feels so right that I have literally spent all year playing Persona 5 on, on PlayStation 5. Literally, like from the, I started it in January and just been playing it on and off. I put over 100 hours into it now. And I just restarted it on Switch and I've already put eight hours into it again. 
so <laughs> that's technically technically campbell you were playing the playstation 4 version that's PlayStation true 5. i've been playing the playstation 5 version on playstation 5 okay, well, Mr. i'm cool still gonna buy <laughs> i'm still gonna buy the switch version i was waiting to hear what you guys thought of it before uh fully buying it but um it's still amazing. This still like I still will say it's probably the best game from last generation. I would say it's definitely well, in my like here's top the, five. And, and here's the thing, guys. We I think this this always gets lost in the conversation. Persona Five is not from the last generation. Persona Five is from two generations ago. Persona Five is a PlayStation Three. Which is just like it really is astounding to think about, and it just goes to show like the strength of the game. This game came out. Like, not a long time ago, but long enough ago that it's like, oh, yeah, that was on the PlayStation 3. Isn't um, it turning five years old in, like... It already did turn five Did it already old. turn five? Yeah, it I was going to say, that was this year. It yeah. came out in early 2017, around the same time that the Switch released, which is part of why mm -hmm. there's been so much demand for it to come to Switch, basically for as long as the console has been on the market. You know, yeah. People have realized from the very beginning, Persona 5, it's a JRPG with heavy, you know, storytelling, almost visual novel-esque elements to it. It'd be perfect on Switch. And, and I think to later, sum it up, you know, it was against uh, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey for Game of the Year. Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, mm -hmm. that pretty much sums it up. Right. Yeah. I still love that uh, IGN gave it a 9.7 in its original release. It's just like, <laughs> man, it's just like 0.3 points short. I, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder where the. I wonder where the point three uh, was deducted. It wasn't from. Breath of the Wild, I guess. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, so yeah, so if that, you know, for, for again, for people who haven't played this game, I think that's a, a pretty decent setup as to as to what to expect. I think it's worth mentioning that this game is kind of a slow burn at the start. Uh, Persona Five, at least at least in my, in my opinion, that's I, a hot I think take. It, I, I, I listen. Say, I I think I agree. it's. I, Listen, so Campbell, you mentioned you've what? been playing for about Campbell, you've been, you mentioned you've been playing for about eight hours. So you're yes. probably just at the first palace. I, I am like finishing the first palace now. So or you're I just finished finishing it. the first palace. Okay, now I've just finished the first palace, but let me tell you though, Cameron, I when I play through it for the first time, I would have 100% agreed with you. It's a it felt like a really slow start, but now that I've just replayed the whole dang opening sequence, going up to the first main boss it actually feels like a pretty good pace for a, such a complicated game with so many different elements going into it, both from the story and the mechanics. I think it does a good job of uh, doling out individual aspects of it, uh, introducing you to new characters, new gameplay mechanics. You know, you learn one day, you learn about how to do an all-out attack, and then you learn how to do ambushes, you learn how to craft things, you meet Sojuro, you do all this kind of stuff. Not necessarily in that order, but you know what I'm, I'm getting at. Um, I know what you're getting at, yeah. Yeah, it, it just, it works for how much the game is doing. I think that it does the best that it can for the ambitions that it has to set up everything that you have after the first 10 hours where it just really goes into high gear after that i'd say i think that's fair I, I, uh, james i thought i heard a, a note uh, a sound of affirmation uh when i said that this game is a slow start it, it, would you agree with that i absolutely agree um i Thank i think you. <laughs> i think um <laughs> i really like the introduction but um after this really intense, fun, cool action scene, you know, right in the middle, you get to use your grappling hook, you get to talk to mysterious new characters, you get to do a little bit of combat, bit of running away, bit of awesome music, whatever. Um, 
then obviously the, the game introduces, it puts you in the interrogation room, it, it takes you through the flashback stuff, and it starts you right at the beginning, and then from that point to when you actually first start the first palace, it's like four and a half hours of story cutscenes mm-hmm. with like bits of gameplay uh, scattered in throughout it. I think you end up visiting the first palace three times in a row before you actually get to explore it properly. Because each time it introduces a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And that's fine, certainly fine for a first playthrough. But if you plan on playing this game more than once, I think the fast forward button is a godsend. Because there are so uh, uh, there are a lot of exposition scenes at the beginning that oh, yeah. uh, once you already know what's going on, you really don't need like ten diff- different lines telling you who Kamashida is, right? The, the amount of times the player character is like, Kamashida? <laughs> Kamashita? Who's that? Who's that? I'm like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> and also, just every time Morgana opens his mouth, I'm just like, skip. <laughs> like, every oh time no, like, this is what... I like. No. I love Morgana, but love every Morgana. time he's like, I love. This is what a shadow is. The palace is a representation of distorted <laughs> desires. I'm like, yeah, you, you explained that five times already. Distorted desires. What's that? Yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's very desires uh, that are distorted. No way. And Mark, Mark, you'll appreciate this. It's very Metal Gear, like Metal Gear. Like it's very, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I time. think you know, it's we're we're obviously all replaying the game, so I feel That's like true. it's kind of humorous. But on a first, play, you know, first playthrough, it's actually like. It really helps you learn more about Persona, and you no, know, this it is, is true. you know, this is the big yeah. game that a lot of people started Persona with. I mean, it's the highest selling game in the entire franchise, so you know they knew people yeah. were going to start with this one, and they succeeded. I mean, on yeah. at least for me, Campbell. I don't know about you, James. Yeah, um, I'm I'm extremely intrigued for. Um, well, it's interesting. So I I always view Switch games through the lens of like, okay, will will my wife play this? And she knows that I love Persona. Like I've been a Persona fan for for, for many years, um, and and she's seen me play on PlayStation. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, it's finally coming to Switch. And I and I got a hard copy. And I was kind of joking the other day of like, well, maybe listen, maybe you'll finally put down Stardew Valley and and pick up a little Persona Five. And she's like, I'll think about it. And it's like, and I always think about, okay kind of speaking to what you just said, Mark, is the intro, like, good for people who aren't, you know, big into video games? And I think that there is enough setup for for new players, especially people who, do, who don't play JRPGs. I think it does a really phenomenal job of, like, here is what a... Here's what the Persona series is all about. Here is what to expect um, from this game. And I, I think that's... It's, it's definitely a, a boon, because, as as James alluded to... This is the first time the series has appeared on a Nintendo console, and I think it's gonna do big numbers for for Atlas. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't looked this up. Has anybody looked up like sales reports of like what it's doing? Like very well. I can imagine. Well. Yeah, I did see that in Japan it sold fifty thousand copies in its first weekend, which by hmm. Japan uh, numbers is really good for a five-year-old game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's apparently doing really well in the UK and. I don't know if the U.S. Uh, J- James, we're gonna we're gonna need to uh, confirm uh, whether or not it's doing well in the U.K. All of those copies are me. <laughs> <laughs> I bought all of them. Camera don't pans know. out to twenty thousand copies. Whenever I criticize this game, it's out of nothing but the love in my heart yeah. for this game. And, and, and to be clear, like I know we're we're all we're all hyping it up a lot. Like 
I think at the end of the day, you, you got to be like, okay, it's a JRPG. If you if you like this genre, this game is top tier. But if you're like, ah, I don't really like RPGs, like maybe consider reading a few reviews first. Perhaps check out James's thoughts. Um, Cameron, before you, before I you, jump in. you know me. I don't I don't like JRPGs. This it's game's true. a masterpiece, <laughs> and it's one of my favorite games of all time. So that certifies it. That's so, fair. So actually, yeah. let's let's actually let's talk about that because that's a great perspective to have. Because for me. Uh, and, and maybe this is a good place to kind of talk about, like, how did we come to this series? For me, I am a, I grew up playing JRPGs. Um, I played Dragon Quest on my, or back in the day when it was called Dragon Warrior uh, for uh, American audiences. I, I played a lot of Dragon Warrior as a kid. Um, grew up playing some some Final Fantasy games. Like, like JRPGs have been a thing I loved playing ever since I was a little kid. I, I got a Vita uh, probably... Let's see, I had just gone out of college, so I was probably like 22. I got a Vita, I got Persona 4 Golden, and I just like fell in love with, with Persona 4. Uh, really loved it. This is after playing uh, Digital Devil Saga, Digital Z Devil Saga 2, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Like, I, I love the Atlas style. Like, the Atlas house style has always deeply appealed to me. Um, so when I found out Persona 5 was a thing, I was like, I'm all in. So... Like for me, Persona Five was like a like a kind of a no duh. Like yes, I'm going to play this. But uh, Mark, I am curious about like your journey to this game. D did you just like because I know you've tried JRPGs before Many. and have not <laughs> right and and not really fallen in love with the genre. So it's like, mm -hmm. what about is it just like is it the style? Like what like is it just the fact that it just got a billion positive reviews? Like what about Persona Five clicked with you? Yeah, I mean, the positive reviews always kept me interested, especially the whole stylization of the game with the red and black color palette and just how everything looked in it. It just would look yeah. so flashy and engaging. And mm -hmm. so I, I always knew like Shin Megami Tensei was a popular series and, you know, Persona was too. But um, what happened was I actually saw the game a year after release at Best Buy and there happened to be an original copy there on clearance for 17 bucks. Ooh. And I bought it. And I was like, that was the only reason I bought it. I saw it was on clearance. I was like, I'll probably never see it again for this price for a long while. And I was like, I really want to try this game. So I'm willing to take the risk. So I put in 17 bucks and I started it in high school. And the Kamoshita stuff instantly had me hooked because mm. it was super relatable to something in my own high school. Oh, wow. That's dark. So I was like, yeah. So um, I was super just hooked on the entire thing. And... As I was slowly getting to the end of the game, um, I was entering college and um, I, I sort of had no time to just play it. And then what happened was I never got to finish the original version. But when the pandemic hit, um, this is like not long into the pandemic, um, I had Royal. I, I picked up a copy on Black Friday, that first Black Friday, and I played through the entire thing in like a month. I put in 150 wow. hours and platinumed it. Yeah. And I was like, Royal absolutely fixes everything wrong with the original release, which mainly had to do with like grinding and stuff in Mementos, which is like where you can get XP and do extra, you know, tasks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it fixed all that. The extra characters were fantastic. The, the addition of the third semester is just phenomenal. The way they redid Akechi and all of his conversations that they added them in so there was more to him. It, it just, everything about it was perfect. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, I love that. Oh, uh, James, I'm so curious. Like, where where did you? Because when when Mark uh, let the kind of our internal uh, team know, like, hey, we need someone to review Persona Five. I know you jumped on that like like instantly. You were all about it. Um, I had that man down since it was announced. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, 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 I yes, I'm me so, the day of. Yeah, I'm so curious to know, like, what about. Like, is this your first experience with the Persona franchise? Like, like what brought you into into this this particular game? Um, <clears throat> I didn't play this game at launch. I knew about it. I didn't play it until I think about 2019, and that was after my curiosity had been piqued by looking at clips of it online, where I saw the art style and I saw I listened to the music, and the music mm. was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I think I need to give this a shot. I hadn't really played many JRPGs before. Uh, I don't have much experience. I didn't have much experience with them prior to that. I do now, as a result of this game, because I I personally call Persona 5 a uh, a gateway drug to more hardcore uh, JRPGs. Mm, I would agree with that. Um, it it draws people in. I also wasn't huge into the sort of like anime aesthetic at the time, but I am now again because of Persona 5. Mm-hmm. Because the game is so good, it makes you like every single bit about it, even if you only liked some of it before. It draws you in, and once you're in, you can't leave because it just again the Kamoshida stuff at the beginning is arguably probably some of the best content certainly in the base game version i know in in royal we get a really good ending as well but in in the base game i think it it puts a lot of its best content right at the start and draws you in and hooks you and that's not to say it like gets worse but i think yeah what once you see the art style you see how just how incredibly groovy it is the menus the character portraits everything there's no, there's no turning back. Fully agree. I, I, we've been, we've brought up the music a handful of times. Um, and Mark, I'm sure you're going to do some, some editing wizardry where we oh, get a little, course. a little Some flavor snippets. of the, of the stuff to, uh, the stuff to look forward to. But uh, Campbell, I want to turn it to you really fast because we've talked a lot about, we've talked a lot about like the vibe of this game, the style, the music, and as our, as our resident, uh, as a resident musician uh, on the show, <laughs> I would love to know your thoughts on. Um, why Beneath the Mask is the greatest song ever made. Where have you been? Been searching all along. Come facing twilight on my own. Without the clue. Without a sign. Without grasping it. The real question to be asked. Where have I been? I would love to know more about that. I mean, if you give me an hour, I can do a full special feature podcast all about just that one prompt right there. <laughs> like, but, like, can we actually do that, though? I mean, like, honestly, wait, maybe. Like... Let me just write a whole new thesis um, all about Just Beneath the Mask. Yeah, okay, great. Note of it. Um, but in all seriousness, though, like, literally, the music is what drew me into Persona from the very beginning. Yeah. Like, uh, I, before Persona 5 and before a game my PlayStation only, like, 
like a few years ago. I was just a Nintendo kid growing up, and I always had like an affinity just for Nintendo consoles. Mm-hmm. And when Persona 5 came out in 2017, the base game, I was so drawn in by the vibes, by the music. The music is just stunning. Oh my god. But like, I I didn't actually get into it just because I was focusing on Nintendo, focusing on Switch. I was one of those annoying people online being like, when does this come into Switch? And now here we are, finally, it's on Switch. But I... I <laughs> finally, Campbell, you can, oh, you can rest. <laughs> yeah, no, I can rest easy now. Um, but but no, when I started the game earlier this year for the first time, um, I started it in January, but like we're kind of alluding to, the the opening at first seemed kind of slow to me, and I wasn't really getting into it. Then I caught COVID, um, and I had nothing else to do, <laughs> like if, like in like May or something like that was when it happened, and I just got into it, and the vibes, the music, the visuals, everything just engrossed me. The whole Kamashita plot, we've talked about him a few times. Kamashita is the perfect villain. <laughs> he's horrible. Oh I want to murder him. Listen, this man. we it's we amazing. love to we love to hate Kamashita. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's the worst. And then, but yeah, really, I think the single greatest aspect of this game is the presentation, is the music in particular it's got this amazing mixture of really just funky jazz r&b influences in there but then also there's some classical stuff in there j-pop like there's just so many different influences going on and like the even just the battle thing original battle theme in the base game um last surprise like it, yeah that song may be a meme but it was also just brilliant and it's one of the jazziest coolest battle themes in any jrpg that i can think of timing an all-out attack just to the little chorus drop and it says you'll never see it coming it's just perfect and it's the true. new battle theme that ended up in Persona 5 Royal, um, Take Over, that's also just an excellent, like, really, like, almost a big band feel to it with the main, like, trumpet line as the chorus, the hook. It's just excellent. Every tune in the game, from the rock to the jazz, it perfectly accentuates what it's trying to go for. And again, Beneath the Mask, I mean, you hit it first, Cameron. It's just the best. Just chilling it's out the in best. the cafe, Beneath the Mask rain theme. Man, I uh, this afternoon, but before we start recording, uh, that's what I've been doing for the last three hours is playing Persona 5 Royal on my Switch. Nice. And um, I gotta say, I spent perhaps a little longer than I needed to um, in the cafe, not doing anything, just like, just like, let me examine this table again. Let me look at the curry pot again, just because like I don't want to leave this room. Mm-hmm. You can like, look at the crossword puzzles. You know oh, what I man. mean? Like stuff where I'm like, I don't have to do this at all, but I just Ooh, like. Do you guys do the crosswords? Do I do the crosswords? You have to. Yes. The yeah, best but do you part. do it without looking it up? Sometimes. I try, yeah. <laughs> but then they come out with one that's like, what's this Japanese festival? Oh, yeah, and that's, that, yeah, and that's like, the one you have to look up. Yeah. It's always funny. Uh, so for, for those uh, who are perhaps not in the know, um, Persona 5 
very uh, it's set in 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 Tokyo. It's set in uh, in Japan. And there's a lot of references, a lot of cultural touchstones where like a teacher or like a side NPC will ask you like, hey, do you know about this thing? And you're like, how would I know that? I'm, I'm in America. I'm in the UK. Like, how, how could I reasonably ex- be expected to, to know this, this pop quiz question? Like, it's, <laughs> it's very funny. And yet, you still feel like you learned something uh, by, by, the end of the, by the end of the game. I feel like I know a little bit more about, uh, about certain aspects of Japanese culture, uh, which is always a delight. Um, it's it's a phenomenal game. Um, I want to quickly segue into um, Campbell. You, you hit the nail on the head when you said this game is this game is mostly about vibes uh, to, to me at least. Uh, and Mark, you mentioned this too. The, the but color before, palette. Before we oh, get please, to your question, ahead. there's something yes. important you have to answer. What's your okay. favorite coffee? Oh wow! <laughs> or which oh, one man. would you try that Sojiro uh, talks about? Listen, all of all, Sojiro. Listen, I I don't want to be like. <laughs> I don't want to be a stereotype, guys, but I am Sojiro. Um, <laughs> as, the resident old, as the resident old, <laughs> as the resident old man on this podcast, I can say that like, yeah, Sojiro is like goals for me. <laughs> like, just like he's kind of a dirtbag, but also you get to know him, and he has a heart of gold. Like, come on, he's the best. Um, and also, his voice actor is just amazing. Every too. okay, so let's every talk, line. actually forget the thing I was about to say. Let's talk about the performances <laughs> in this game. Um, how do we? F- okay. <laughs> Because we've all played this game multiple times at this point, uh, Ryuji, uh, do we love Ryuji or do we hate Ryuji? Like I, 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 first time I played this game, I was like, oh my god, Ryuji's talking again. But now I'm like, yeah, I love him. Uh, he's my homeboy. Like oh, love all the awesome. actors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Love it. Um, I do have a shirt that uh, the, the the shirt that Ryuji wears in the first <laughs> act of this game, the the Z O M G, uh, the yellow shirt with the star on it. I do have that shirt for real. Um, and I for real. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I do wear it all the time. Um, yeah, let, let, listen, now's as good a point as any to talk a little bit about the relationships in this game. Let's try to keep it spoiler light, uh, shall we say? Um, because again, this is a Nintendo podcast. This is the first time this game has come to the Nintendo Switch. There's probably people who have not beaten this game just yet, so let's try to keep some of these spoiler conversations out of it as best we can. Uh, let's talk about so so much of the Persona series is focused on relationships. Is focused on what the game calls social links. Um, uh, James, kind of want why don't you walk us through a little bit about like how the social links impact the mechanics of this game. Like, what what is the, the, the kind of the... What's the deal with social links? Can, can you kind of give us a little overview of that? Okay, so this is a concept that's been in the Persona franchise for a while. They rebranded it in Persona 5 to Confidants, which I guess just mm-hmm. makes it sound a little bit fancier, but it's exactly the same system. Um, <clears throat> the, the games are very heavily based around, like, tarot cards, and mm-hmm. there are loads of major characters that you meet throughout the game who are represented by certain tarot cards and each of them have sort of sub stories that you can you can involve yourself in if you choose to hang out with these people in the free time that you get outside of the dungeon crawling the game is split into two distinct gameplay halves there's the jrpg dungeon crawling grinding boss fighting side questing etc and then there's the free time that you get in between those dungeons dungeons where you get to choose which one of these confidants you want to hang up with uh, hang out with not hang up with um and you level them up um 
you can level them up faster by bringing them the right personas and stuff like that. There's all there's all sorts of like gameplay mechanics that tie into them. They give you new abilities. You learn more about them as a person. You you find out more about their story. The story tends to be kind of related to the tarot card that they're associated with as well. Like it tends to be certain archetypes or tropes or whatever. Um, I don't know much about tarot, but you certainly learn about it by playing these games. Like you learn about a lot of things when you play these games. We already talked about the learning stuff about Japanese culture. But I think, yeah, one of the most compelling things and possibly one of the most intimidating things is actually trying to work out uh, where you want to distribute your free time because there's so much you can do, like so mm -hmm. much that it's pretty overwhelming at the beginning. But the game, every time it loads, it tells you to take your time, and yeah. this is a really important message because it's directly telling you, don't worry about min-maxing everything. Please, for the love of God, if you're playing this for the first time, don't have the Google guides up, you know, the, the stuff like, here's how to maximize every single relationship on your first playthrough, here's the optimal way to, to do everything, because then... You know, it it, it you want to get that like authentic life simulator. You want to hang out with the people mm -hmm. you want to hang out with. It's about the vibes, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Until yeah, you I, have to unlock the third semester. I, I was gonna say, <laughs> perhaps. I mean, I don't know. And you guys can can speak to this uh, if you like. Because again, I I have not. I've actually never reached this point um, regarding the the third semester that was added for Persona Five Royal. Um, I love that the game like explicitly is like, hey. Calm down. Everything's fine. Take your time. Like I love that the game is kind of, kind of it's, it's almost fourth wall breaking. That in the loading screen, it's telling you like, relax, take your time. It's all going to be fine. That said, there is a there is a a uh, I don't know. I wouldn't even call her like a secret character necessarily. There there is a an additional party member uh, that has been kind of uh, integrated throughout Persona Five Royal that you can't access if you make some choices uh if you if you don't uh if you don't make the right choices at the proper point in the story uh do we want to kind of speak to that at all like i, I don't know how, how do you guys feel about about how that character was was introduced into the game and, and and sort of incorporated throughout i think she's one of the best characters yoshizawa mm -hmm. who you meet at the beginning of the game which yes. it's weird that they they tease her they change the the opening you know, sequence where originally you just were Joker and you were going through the heist, but then in the new Royal version, you meet up with Yoshizawa halfway through the heist. And uh, it's an interesting choice, but um, considering it's uh, it's a character that's locked behind uh, a few requirements and players wouldn't know that until they beat the game and look it up, then uh, it, it's just an odd choice. Yeah, and it's very strange that they don't, specifically communicate the requirements for unlocking the third semester like if mark didn't tell me you have to max out your confidants with um yoshizawa and two other characters by this date i wouldn't know mm -hmm. <laughs> like the game implicitly says you know maruki might not be available after this date so make sure you get your appointments in with them but they don't <laughs> say that if you don't talk to this man three more times you will lose 30 hours of content from persona 5 royal <laughs> like yeah it's weird like I, I I understand they're trying to be subtle and work it into the world and all that kind of stuff, but for something so major, it would have been nice to be a little more explicit about that. Because like James was saying earlier, 
this is the kind of game where it's best if you're just living your life as a high schooler in Japan with magical powers, <laughs> you know, not worrying about min-maxing, looking up Google guides to be like, how do I unlock this? How do I max out this character? How do I do that? So, like, that's the one exception. But if you do uh, end up um, meeting the qualifications to unlock the third semester, it's great. You know, the new content, it's excellent. The characters are great. It's just weird how it was implemented. I feel like I should clarify um, because I I wrote the third semester guide for for Goomba Storm for this game. Uh, there's only one mandatory requirement, and that's the Counselor Arcana. The others are optional, so you mm-hmm. can, technically speaking, you can you can just kind of rush that. Even you don't really have to rush because he's available for most of the school year, uh, apart from the summer break. Um, yeah, it could be slightly better, like, there could be more arrows pointing towards it as, yeah, do this, do this, do this, because um, they kind of point him out when you first meet him. It's it's worth noting, you, you meet him as part of a mandatory, um, like, school day activity thing, you can't miss it, so... Um, at least it's not as obscure as I think uh, other Persona games have been in the past. With, mm-hmm. Like, if you've ever tried to get to like the true ending in Persona 4, for example, you've got to jump through so many hoops for that. And it's yeah, like you can get it wrong so easily. I, I feel like this game at least tries its best to give you a new character. Um, the only problem is if you haven't played the original version, you have no idea who the new characters are, so it's less right. obvious. Right. Yeah. For Whereas, again, for yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. If if Roy, if you play Royal already having played the base version of the game, it immediately jumps out to you as I need to do this character because oh it's new new content right. It becomes quite obvious that this is where the new content is. But yeah, if you're playing this for the first time now, first of all you're very lucky. I'm jealous. And second <laughs> of all, uh, yeah, the level up the counselor, the school counselor. That's the only strict requirement. Right. Uh, and I think it's uh, it's interesting. Like, uh, again, for, for people who have played this game and you're and you, you know, you double dipped, you, you got it on Switch. It is fairly obvious when the new content is kind of like shoehorned in, like the the, the way the way they introduce the uh, I don't even know her name, to be quite honest. Yoshizawa. The, uh, Yoshizawa. Yeah, the way they introduced here it is. Asumire Yoshi, Yoshizawa. Uh, when they introduce Yoshizawa, I was like, wait a second. Like, <laughs> this is this feels very not forced, but it feels very like this is obviously some brand new content this is uh that's being kind of uh shown to me here and i actually for me i very much appreciated it because uh, you know played a lot of persona 5 the base game uh so it was even after you know over a year of not having played that game it was like this feels new to me so i do like that they like make a point of signaling very early that like hey here's a new character it's probably going to be important like they, they do a pretty good job of, uh, of 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 indicating very early on that like hey this this thing exists keep an eye out for it which I do appreciate uh, one of my favorite things about Persona Five and all the Persona games to be to be honest is like because you meet NPCs and you don't always know right away that they're gonna be important that they're gonna have I don't know for lack of a better word content associated with them and I love that. Sometimes it's not unlocked right away. Sometimes you have to talk to them multiple times. You have to make, as a player, you have to make the choice to go out of your way to seek out these characters and be like, okay, where are they on a Tuesday in the game? Like, where where, where can I find this character? And then oftentimes you're rewarded, like, with a new confidant track, with a new, um, you know, new dialogue, new benefits to, to, the, to the player character. And I think that's, 
I think to me that's one of the most special things about the Persona series is that you don't always know, like, I don't know, you don't always know where it's going, unless of course you played this game before and and you're you know you're trying to, as James alluded to earlier, you're trying to min max, you're trying to do everything at the same time. It's it's very rewarding as a first time player to go through and to go through you know Tokyo and find and just find like a character speaking in the town square and be like, all right, what's this guy up to? Oh, it's somebody important. Oh, it's actually, if I speak to him multiple times, it's something that will lead to something that will benefit my party down the line. Like that, I think that's one of the most incredible things about the series of games. And I think Mark does set it apart from other JRPGs as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, the writing ultimately sets everything agree. apart. And the way the voice acting's done, and it's all just... It feels natural. These people feel like your friends. And I feel like a lot yeah. of other RPGs, especially, you know, I've talked about it before, but with like Triangle Strategy and a lot of other Square Enix RPGs, and especially sure. Octopath Traveler and Final Fantasy VII Remake, like they always talk like this. And then <laughs> you dare they have my baby many pauses. Traveler. Stop it. <laughs> right. I can't I can't stand the pauses and some of the writing is just like they do like these awkward tropes that maybe they work in Japanese writing, but translated here when they're localized, they just like don't work at all. Right. So yeah, this yeah. game not only has a perfect dub, but the writing of it is, it, it just strong. feels all natural. It's but very, very strong. To, to be clear, uh, Persona 5, rife with tropes. Like, let's stop. Let's stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. But the thing is. How many students are there in this game? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, But the thing is, tropes don't stop it. Like, the characters are so engaging and their stories are actually surprising. Like, yes, you you know, like, you're going to win. Like, it's obvious. Come on. It's every RPG. It has those tropes. But the stories of getting there and how these characters live their personal (laughs) lives and how they're not very open until you open up to them it's all right. so geniusly written yeah well and i love that the the player character is like kind of a piece of shit like he's he's uh <laughs> well you know he, like he like, can be yeah depending well, on is, how you answer well, things. i mean i'll say this he's framed at the beginning of the game as kind of a, del- a juvenile delinquent like you've kind of all you know at the very intro of the game is that your player character has been expelled from his previous school um, he's had to move away from home. He's he's in not quite a foster care situation, but like it may as well be where he's kind of taken in by what feels like a stranger. Um, and everybody at your high school is kind of whispering behind your back, like, "Oh my God, it's that guy. He's 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 bad news. Like, don't hang out with him." And for a long time, it's like, "What the hell? Like, what did I <laughs> what did I do?" Um, and then, of course, as the game goes on, the, the mystery is revealed, and it's it's very satisfying to be like, oh, okay, now I see what's kind of what's really going on. Um, it, Mark, I fully agree with you that the strength of this game is absolutely its characters and its writing. Um, oh, guys, we, we have to do it. We got to talk about the relationships. We got to talk about who do we love, who do we hate, who do we want more of. Um, oh, boy. We have to. Like, how can you talk about Persona and not talk about the social links? Or confidants, I should say. The, um, the war marches. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, so um. I'll say this. The, the first time I played this game, because I'm extremely basic, I was all about on uh, Takamaki. Uh, the Kind of the first... Uh, you really, you're, you're, I would say, because you got, you got your, your player character, 
you got Ryuji, you got Morgana. Those are their first three members of your party. Uh, and then on is sort of the fourth one. You're 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 sort of the the first real NPC you interact with and add to your party. So for me, it was I was I was team on all the way the first time I played this game. Same. Um, fair enough. Hard yeah. Agree. Hard and agree. She, and she's well written. She's she's a very well realized. I think a pretty well realized character. Uh, she's she's an outsider and and just is very well developed by the you know. But the further you get into the game and the, and the more you rank up her confidant rank the more you kind of understand kind of where she's coming from and and all that stuff but i'm curious to hear uh from from james and campbell like who did you identify with who did you like who did you loathe like what who are you all about well i'm all about those traumatized honor students you know so for me it's makoto <laughs> all the way like clearly makoto love of my life you know um yeah step and, on me yeah i get oh, it for sure um, <laughs> i I, it, dude, I really think that makoto though Jeez. represents the how good the game's writing is because i hated her at first absolutely you know they paint her as like this really annoying teacher's pet who's like out to foil foil you and then it, you learn about you know her horrible home life and all this kind of stuff and the pressure she has on herself and all this kind of stuff um, that as a traumatized honor student myself you know spoke to me so I feel like we just all learned a lot about Campbell in did. that uh, in that ten seconds yeah, just now. Sure. We, we shouldn't say it but the reveal of her last name is also like a big a big red flag <laughs> it is it is yeah. which is also why she's a cool character to get right. close with and everything because it adds a whole other delightful wrinkle to all the adventures especially in the end game so um and maybe i spent a little too much time uh, ignoring other confidants towards the end of the game i don't know but <laughs> who could who could say, who could say? Uh, james what what about you I'm, I'm i'm really curious to hear especially as, as such a big fan of this game like i i'm, I'm curious to see who uh... well <clears throat> i've played this game multiple times and the yeah. first time i agree about team on yeah I, w- I also um, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but as the game went on, I began to regret my life decisions because oh, like, wow. you start meeting new characters sure. and you think was I was I too hasty? Now there suddenly you have to start making <laughs> Cheater. difficult decisions. Cheater. So no, <laughs> I remained loyal, you loyal, but right. then I played okay. the game again. <laughs> I did. <Uh-oh. laughs> Uh-oh. I didn't do the harem route or whatever. I've never done that. I'm too much of a coward. I can't do it. I, I watched it on YouTube. I can't subject okay, myself to that. Same here. Same here. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but no. The second time round, I went for the 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 much more niche choice. I went. Uh, I started a relationship with Haru Akumura, oh, okay. who's introduced wow. much later on in the game, and definitely doesn't get enough screen time. Um, oh, and then this was still before Royal. In Royal, I was Team uh, Yoshizawa 100%. Oh, so you waited a really long time for Yoshizawa then. Yeah, no, wow. you really you have to if you want to go for Yoshizawa, you gotta commit, right? You've got to ignore everybody else for the entire game. <laughs> all the female <laughs> characters declaring their love for you all year around. Yeah, Joker's just like, nope, I'm having none of it. Spend spend Christmas Eve alone. Yeah, I met this athlete girl once. I'm gonna wait like eight months of the year. That's true love right there. He's keeping the home fires burning. Um, uh, I also listen. Shout outs to uh, okay. So again, this is a I would say a pretty traditional. Uh, 
a pretty traditional JRPG in that uh, your character is is <laughs> almost aggressively straight. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, like I I think Yusuke is a phenomenal character. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. 100% what, agree. And, and his his arc is incredible. And just like Yusuke is okay. To be clear, extremely hot. Um, I, <laughs> Yusuke is is awesome, and I I love his whole his the, the palace. Uh, surrounding that character's arc and all that stuff, I think his whole storyline is fantastic, and getting to know him is is really really wonderful. I've already mentioned uh, my my ad- <laughs> I don't know admiration is perhaps the wrong word uh, for for Sojiro, uh, who is kind of the caretaker of your player character. He has a really interesting storyline that that again, Mark, I, I I'm so I'm so glad that you brought up. Uh, earlier how strong the writing is because I think the writing surrounding Sojiro is particularly effective. He makes me want to try Costa Rican coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Especially just, guy... the the hardly bean. I think that's the one he talks about. I wrote it down somewhere. Let me yeah. Let me well, a just quick the, check. Just the, the the layers around that character where he's he's a he's such a hard ass at the start of the game, and then as you get to know him, you kind of get to know the the softer edges around his character it's like to me very heartwarming um it's i don't know it's it's kind of to me really one of the strengths of this game is is seeing somebody is presented to you in one way and you have an initial reaction and then over the course of several hours several dozen hours as the case may be you kind of get to know them and then often you get to love them and i think that's one of the best things about the game uh same with the um who's the the teacher Kawakami. Kawakami, yeah. Kawakami. Uh, when you first meet Kawakami, it's like, oh my god, like this, this, she's just something else. Uh, but then as you get to know her, her very <laughs> tragic. I don't know what you want to she call has her like storyline. Wildest arc in the game, honestly. One of the most insane uh, uh, arcs in any video game. I'm, I'm confident in saying <laughs> is, is getting to know uh, Kawakami. And just dating kind of all the stuff Kama- she has to do. Kawakami. Dating Kawakami? Can <laughs> we can we say that? Not, just not really wrong. spoiler. <laughs> it's just wrong. Um, oh, I don't know. It's it's uh, uncomfortable at best. We shall we say. But again, the best interesting. Part is she's genuinely one of the best confidence in the game as well. She's great. She really is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's the other part too. It's like I swear I'm just doing it for the abilities. It's nothing else. I promise. Um, which and is always the conversation that eventually you have to grapple with when talking about a Persona game. Is like, no, no, no. I promise this this doctor is is not. Uh, it, there's nothing untoward going on here. I'm I'm just getting to know them so that I can rank up my party. Look, I, I love this goth doctor solely for. <laughs> The mechanics. It's for the medicine. Just for, the, just medicine. for the medicine. It's I also no, hang no, out with my her on the weekends just to get better medicine. Don't know? worry about it. It's yeah. fine. I took her to the park just for better medicine. For better medicine, guys. It's it, what we've all. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, which is always the kind of the not not something you gloss over, but it's always something to kind of like examine when you're when you're playing a game like this. <laughs> like, yeah, listen. Do I love on? Absolutely. Is it sometimes uncomfortable like, that on is in a cat suit the entire game? Maybe. Uh, that's a conversation that's neither here nor there. Again, that's uh, why Team Makoto, she's got a motorcycle. Like, she does have a motorcycle and many spikes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's great. Hardcore. Uh, we should talk about the personas themselves. Uh, the, the the character, as Mark and uh, as everybody on this, on this podcast alluded to, the character design, the art direction of Persona 5 Royal is... Phenomenal. I, I uh, was fortunate enough some years ago to uh, write the completionist episode for Persona 5, 
Um, and I, I wrote, uh, and, and Gerard agreed with me, Gerard the Completionist, uh, about, about Persona 5, that Persona 5 is horny for style. And I stand by that statement. Um, on every single like frame of this game is stylish. And that extends to the characters. I, one of the things that really stuck out to me when I first started playing this series is that unlike, like, I love Pokemon. I love Dragon Quest. Like, all, all Final Fantasy, all, all character designs and enemy design is always something that's kind of on the forefront of any time I play one of these kinds of RPGs. But Persona is just on another level when it comes to character design. I'm curious if you guys had any favorites, like monsters you encountered or boss fights or anything like that that really stuck out to you in that way. My favorite's the first one, Arsene. 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 He looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really basic, but just his design is amazing from the red suit and the top hat, the wings, and then yeah, he kinda sucks as a as a persona early. He's on. your first persona, He's yeah. Your not first very persona. Good. You execute him like at the first chance you get, basically. So you if you're you're likely not even given a choice whether you execute him or not. You just kill Yeah, the you guy. aren't. <laughs> but yeah. his design is amazing. Yeah. I, I, I think uh the way that this game kind of handles because unlike uh, Pokemon or or Final Fantasy or something, you're not dealing with um, uh, what what am I trying to say? Uh, rather than like, oh, it's a it's a bronze dragon or it's like a it's a goblin. It's like you're dealing with characters from folklore from all across mm -hmm. the world. So rather than just like you know some random dragon, you're finding Quetzalcoatl from like uh, uh, you know Aztec uh, mythology and stuff Aztec like mythology exactly. Uh, uh, okay. Or but I go have ahead. a fun story with that though because the other day. Uh, I was just going on, like, as one does, a, a Wikipedia rabbit hole about random topics such as Gnostic mythology, Gnostic Christian oh, yeah. mythology. And I was yeah, reading like about do. that. Yeah, exactly. As, as one does. But I was reading through it and reading about all the deities in there. And I was like, wait, I recognize these characters from Persona. <laughs> Which yes. Is yes. Maybe weird that I'm learning about other cultures through this Japanese RPG. But there well, you I go. can't believe they made Persona in real life. I know, right? <laughs> Man, people in the first century believe Persona. Oh my God, uh, James! Any any any, uh, any monster designs? Any characters that you that you thought were particularly oh, man. awesome? There, there's far too many to count. Yeah, and I like a lot of them for very different reasons. Some of which I won't disclose. But <laughs> the I'm but mostly I think as a huge mythology nerd, uh, yes. I love the international mythological representation. Um, in, in Atlas games in general, I, I love yes. it when they, because a lot of the Persona designs are carried over between the franchises. If you play SMT5 yes. on Switch, you'll find a lot of the same and some different and whatever. And in Persona 4, Persona 3, you find a lot of the same and some different and whatever. But the designs are always fantastic, very visually striking, sometimes visually questionable, but, you know, that's <laughs> that's different. <laughs> We don't need shout to out, talk about shout that. Shoutouts to Mara, um, as we all. Oh, God. <laughs> but listen, I mean, if... you learn you learn a lot by if you if if you see a design that strikes you, you can just press I can't remember which button that is on the switch to to move to the lore tab, and suddenly yeah. you can read a paragraph about them. And it's it's one of my one of my favorite things that games do is when not only do they have like an in-game bestiary or whatever where you can see character models, but also when they give you the lore page. This is what I I loved about. Neo 2 and, and the Neo games was that they, they gave you lore page and then you could also unlock more lore the more you played the game and it made me want to read so much 
much about it, and it's exactly the same in, in Persona 5. Whenever you get a, when you see a new Persona, you negotiate with a new Persona, and you add it to your collection, you get to be like, okay, who's this? Why? What's this weird design? Why is this important? You know? Yeah, that's that's. I, I fully agree with you. I, I remember the first time I played uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3, just being completely floored that I could, like, not only could I talk to Oberon, the King of the Fairies, I could add him to my party. Like, that blew my mind the first time I played that game. And it's the same here. Like, even even having played the game before, I'm still, like, struck by how how unique and how special the, the interpretations of, of all these characters are. Like, I love finding... You can find characters from Norse mythology um, in this game to add to your party. You can find freaking Odin and, like, get him in your party. Um, okay, yeah, and Odin Thor is one of my and all favorite characters. It, it, and, a very, and a very powerful uh, character. It's true. When, it's like, the, the way they handle these characters is extremely good, and it, it, it feels, they feel powerful, they feel like they've, I don't know, it feels as though Atlas has, like, respected these characters and what they mean to certain cultures. Is that pretentious to say? Like, I don't know, it feels as though they're, they're really like we did the work to make these characters feel cool and awesome, uh, no matter how small or how like you know quote unquote important they are. It's like they, this feels cool. Anytime you encounter any a new monster or a new character, it feels special and and, and awesome. I think that's uh, one of the strengths of this game for sure. One hundred percent agree. And then you also run into a demon on the toilet. So there's... <laughs> yeah, quite early as well. <laughs> quite early, exactly. You don't get to unlock him until later on, but like yeah, you see him really early. Did yeah. we mention uh, Jack Frost? Did we mention him? Don't think uh, we not yet, but we can talk about him Jack now. Yeah. Frost. Jack that Frost was, was uh, His his uh, history is interesting. He's actually the first Persona character to appear in the U.S. Because it was no a game. Yeah, it was a game on the Virtual Boy. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's called. Uh, I think it's called Jack Bros, and it's about Jack Frost and um. What's the other Jack Frost called, James? Oh yeah. Uh, which one? There's quite a few. Well, depending on which game you're talking about. But there's also Black Frost. Yeah, that's the one, Black Frost. Yeah. It's Jack Frost. Yeah, Jack and Black. <laughs> Jack Black. If you want to see, lo yeah. yeah. see loads of Jack Frost, play Soul Hackers 2. It introduces, like, five new ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. And in Persona 5 Strikers, which is the sequel to Persona 5 that everyone should play, and it's also on Switch, um, you fight an entire Jack Frost army in that one, too. That's, that's so one of the funny. best scenes in that game. Yeah, yeah it's very, very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jack Frost, an iconic uh, character design. Uh, kind I of the, Pikachu. the company mascot as well. I was gonna say, sort it of, the, is, sort, yeah, of the, yeah. sort of the Pikachu of uh, of, of Atlas, Persona. you could say, and Shimigami yeah, of, of Persona. Yeah. Um, he's great, as Campbell said. He ho uh, with his his uh, <laughs> iconic catchphrase. Um, <laughs> Jack Frost catchphrase or mine? <laughs> <laughs> that should be your catchphrase. From now on, I'll just introduce myself on the show. He ho. New new Listen catchphrase episode, just dropped. Or kill myself. He ho. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> too dark, too no. Dark. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. Um, so yeah, so uh, and I think um kind of kind of a little a bit of a pivot here. We've talked a lot about how the characters are well written, um, despite you know being a little bit tropey here and there. I think one of the again, sort of the strength of of Persona 5, and, and you guys feel free to, to jump in or agree or disagree with me here. Uh, this game is not subtle. Like, uh, well, okay. Let's let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of hedge my hedge my phrase there. As as James alluded to, and it's kind of his big overview here. This is a game about a, a, a team of plucky high schoolers like fighting the man, 
right? And like putting bad guys in their place. Um, and while there is subtlety within individual relationships and, and complexity there, I think on the whole, the story is very much like it's it's bombastic. It's like Kamoshida is the worst, vile, one of the vilest characters perhaps ever in a video game, so it feels incredible to take him down. Like I, I think one of the one of the best parts about this game is that it's like some of the villains are so over the top and evil that it's it, it's just like awesome to 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 take them take them to task. Um, well, how how do you guys feel about that characterization? Am I being too broad here? No, I think it perfectly sums it up. I mean, they're yeah. so they're so hateable yet likable at the same time. Yeah. Absolutely. The yeah. boss battles are some of the absolute best moments in the game. First, the Kamashita boss is amazing because of how it. There's so much build up to each boss battle, and oh, yeah. you get to see these villains. You just come to hate them. You want to rip their guts out. <laughs> and then when you get to their actual boss forms, it adds a new dimension to them, and it's basically like any pretensions they had to their own righteousness is stripped away, and it's just a battle to the death. And the, also, the boss battle music is just amazing. Just oh yeah throw that in there too one of the best boss battle themes i think in rpgs in recent memories so it's just excellent the whole way that the villains are handled it does go towards the theme of the game which is like we're saying cameron pretty bombastic it's not just about you know fighting crime in tokyo it's about fighting crime in the world fighting against the unjustness in the world and as you go towards the end game it goes hard into that Especially not getting into into spoilers, especially so in Royal. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I think that's one of the greatest things about it. Uh, uh, James, what do, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I mean, um, I was going to say one of my favorite things is because of the way that the story is framed and that a lot of it is happening as flashbacks. Um, when the game flashes forward after each of the story arcs, they actually tell you who the next villain is going to be. Yeah. And sometimes they show you a picture and they say, why did you go after this character? And at that time, you have no idea. And so it kind of becomes, it's sort of a, a, a reverse mystery of you're suddenly thinking, okay, what did this person do? Because mm -hmm. we're going to go after them. That You know, that bit's that bit's quite clear but like why and then there are some cases like with the the second arc about yusuke and and his his um sensei uh mm -hmm. it sort of becomes a case of what what's going on here like oh yeah. maybe he seems nice maybe there's something going on here they're being very defensive what you know and and you you sort of strip back layers and layers of of truth until suddenly you know the curtain falls and you realize okay i understand exactly why sometimes it's just before the boss fight uh sometimes just before you get to the boss fight there's that one line of dialogue that goes okay now i know exactly why i need to take you down now and why we went after this particular target and it's very very satisfying yeah i, I agree that, and that's the kind of the weird thing this game this game calls its shots so effectively like at, at every at every point um, in Persona 5 Royal, it's like, hey, this is what's coming up next, and you're going to love it. And it's like, okay, sure. And then, like, lo and behold, it delivers almost every single time. Like, I love that you brought up that up, James. Um, kind of, it, there's all these little interstitials kind of between the action. I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that you, you're, uh, uh, your player character is being investigated by a uh, by a cop uh, or uh, whatever they call it, a private detective or, or something. Um, uh 
uh, what's her name? Sai Nijima? Sai Nijima. Yeah. Uh, she works for uh, a Sai... government agency, I think. Thank you so much. Uh, so, so Sai Nijima is working for this agency, and she's and she's like she's caught the player character. Um, and every so often, as you're playing through the game, you'll kind of cut back to the interview room where she's playing bad cop and being like, "What do you know? Like, how how did you know to go after this person? Like, what's going on?" Um, and it's 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 exactly what James said. It sets up like why like how did you get them to to admit X Y and Z? Like, how did you know that this person was was bad? And it's. It's even though you know what's coming, uh, and and again I've I've walked right into what this game does so effectively. Even though you know it's coming, you still don't see it coming. Like like, and I don't know if it's a strength of the writing or 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 what. Um, the twists and turns. Well, I think that's are, also you know the the mystery it establishes in the first five or not five minutes, but the first like ten fifteen minutes is fantastic yeah. because the whole game you're thinking, well, someone's going to betray me, and who is it? So yeah, it, it establishes exactly. yeah, ex- that very you know during it, it, the opening moments, it and it's fantastic. It sets, it sets it up very very early on. Um, wow, we've been talking for, about this game for about forty five minutes. Um, what else More do we like want to talk about? One minutes actually. Oh my god, that's uh, <laughs> that sounds about right to be honest. And honestly, and uh, we've barely scratched the surface. We, we haven't we, even uh, to talked me, about how combat works. We haven't even talked about oh my god, the, the, <laughs> like the, the thing that you spend half your time in the game doing. <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, I think it's worth shouting out. Like, why is this combat so satisfying, James? You kind of want to walk us through, like, what is a what does your average battle in Persona Five Royal look like? I think a lot of the satisfaction is that, despite this being a, a pretty straightforward, like turn-based JRPG combat system, it's so effortlessly stylish every single step of the way that. Sometimes, you know, when you're fighting an enemy, you just sit there listening to the music. You're not even pressing any buttons because you're enjoying the the whole vibe of it so much. Obviously, once you get to, like, grinding in, in the side quest area and whatever, some of that goes away because you kind of get through the motions of it and whatever. And there are lots of ways to speed that up. But there's something so inherently magical about, okay, it, it has a lot of the things of you can choose what elemental attack, you can guard, you can heal, you can you can buff uh, your characters, you can debuff the enemies, there are all sorts of support things, unique skills that only certain personas have, persona fusion to make stronger ones, there are so many mechanics in there that you can really deep dive into if you want. and And yet, you know, the going through the motions is still so satisfying, even after dozens of hours in the game, because it never stops being this incredibly impressive spectacle, even on a small scale outside of the like big dungeons and the boss fights. I think, you know, it never really gets old. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. I, I think uh, like even just like your basic battle against like an average random battle in this game. Oh, there's not really random battles in Persona 5, like, to be clear. When you're, when you're running around the dungeon, you can see every enemy encounter ahead of time. There are a few that are unavoidable, but for the most part, you can kind of choose when and how you want to attack um, enemy mobs. And even in your basic, like, trash mob enemy battle, there's something to enjoy, whether it's, like, landing that critical hit and getting an extra turn, whether it's exploiting the elemental weaknesses, there's always something that makes you feel powerful and very cool, no matter what you're doing. Um, like, I'll never get over just whipping out a gun and just <laughs> blasting an enemy out of the air. Like, very few RPGs let you do that. And it feels Or be a cat cool. with a slingshot. 
or be a cat with yeah. a slingshot. Like that's that is also in this game. Um, the way Persona Five Royal blends just absurdity with coolness is to me unmatched in other even even in the Persona series. Like I I love Persona Four. That was my first exposure uh, to this this franchise. Persona Three is is like so awesome and and I've said awesome a lot in this podcast but I but I mean it I, I was filled with awe um but there's something about the way Persona 5 handles all of these basic interactions that feels special and uh and unique and I, I think that's that's the one of the greatest strengths of this game um gosh what else can we even talk about I, I feel like we've I feel like we've we've lightly touched on most of this game but is there anything we want to like really dig into do we just want to be like guys go play it like if you ha- if you are if you are a Nintendo fan you're listening to this podcast you've never touched the persona series or the SMT series like do we just want to end it with go play this game <laughs> like I don't know where, where where do we where do we where do we want to want to kind of finish this off here I mean I do kind of want to dig in a little bit more on the combat just to tie back to something that Please. you were talking about much earlier in this conversation Cameron about whether this game whether a game could be accessible to those who aren't hardcore JRPG fans right or even people who play games a lot and I think that one of the best things about Persona 5 is that the combat definitely has complexity to it definitely has a lot of layered mechanics to it but it just feels intuitive, right? And it all hinges around the one more mechanic where once you hit an enemy on the weak point, they get stunned, you get one more uh, move that you can do. Baton extra pass. Turn. Exactly. And then you can baton pass once you've unlocked that. And then you can start building combos. And just that single mechanic just absolutely changes how combat works. It's a way to build these big combos. And then once you stack on, you know, support moves, you buff characters, you debuff the enemies, it just allows you to create these crazy moves that allow you to win entire fights in a single turn sometimes. And the best thing about that is it's easy to understand and intuitive, right? I'm thinking about how we've talked so much about games like Xenoblade on the podcast, right? We love Xenoblade, but it intuitive is not a word I would use to describe Xenoblade combat. It's mm. great, but it's complicated. It takes a long time to understand, a lot of tutorials. Mm-hmm. Persona 5, it clicks and it feels satisfying and it definitely just melds with the presentation with the vibes to feel like every single battle is an experience it's satisfying it's simple it's quick it's clean it's excellent everything clicks together and i think that the combat just exemplifies what makes the game so great for a, such a huge variety of audiences yeah it's that's uh i fully agree like obviously there is a little bit of a learning curve especially if you're not if this is your first exposure to the series it's it's a it's a little bit more more tricky than your standard pokemon game or something like that there's a, there's a right, yeah. little bit of of like okay i got to like spend some time figuring out exactly you got to like you can't just spam attacks like you have to figure out like okay mm-hmm. what what is enemy weak what are enemy weaknesses how can i exploit them because um, you are, you can get punished pretty strongly if you're not careful. Like if an enemy manages to absorb an, an elemental attack, then like you're kind of screwed uh, if you're playing on a higher difficulty level. Um, oh yeah, so there's I, a little. I started replaying this on hard. Uh, well, I started oh, wow. with merciless at first, and then I was like, no, no. Wow, I, I haven't even went, attempted. Went down to hard. So. Yeah. yeah, I can't attempt that. No. <laughs> That's interesting. No, for for me, it's like. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I, it depends on the on the game. Um, for for this one, I think I'm just gonna kind of I'm planning to just cruise through it on medium. I think, but um, I guess I'll have to see. James, what about you? What did you What did you play the game on? Because I know you played it multiple times. I, I've played it multiple times. I have played it most recently. I played it on hard mode um, because. Nice. Uh, having played the original plenty of times, um, I kind of know the motions and I know what which personas are really powerful and which ones aren't. And hard mode, I think, is a really good balance of that. Also, having jumped into uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five after playing this game, which definitely dives a lot more into the like hardcore kill or be killed aspect of the franchise. And I highly recommend if you like the combat in this game and you want a more like risk reward version of it where bastards will just wipe you in one turn if you don't know what you're doing um but i think persona 5 royal does a really good job of kind of balancing the difficulties where normal you can kind of go through the motions pretty straightforward you have to pay attention but not much will go wrong uh, and then on hard mode, it's kind of, yeah, the, the the enemies now are difficult enough where you can't just go up to whichever enemy you want and, and think you've already beaten it. And then not only is there an easy mode, uh, there's also, I think, like a very easy mode or a story mode or something uh, for people who, who don't want the, the challenging combat aspect of it at all. So it is, there's plenty of variety on display. Yeah, and I think that's, like, and again, it, for, for people who are unsure about about persona i think that's one of the best features of it is that you can just kind of you can cruise through it on a on a, a lighter difficulty mode and and still enjoy the fantastic writing and the great characters and i think that's that's a a strength that more games should allow for um i'm playing a game that i that i can't talk about on this podcast right now but one of the one of the great strengths of it is it has like phenomenal accessibility features and it I'm, I'm glad that there's a little bit of that in persona 5 royal on switch there's a there's like at least an attempt at like hey not everybody is a hardcore jrpg fan um and just wants to just like just wants to see the fun anime game and and they can experience that if they you know if they want to uh, on switch and and the like just to we we've touched on this briefly but the animation in the cutscenes is so beautiful. Like anytime to me, anytime it switches to like the anime style, where you get a, a teeny little cutscene, I'm like floored. Uh, it looks <clears throat> unbelievable. I, I I just want to, to me one of the great highlights is like anytime it, there's a little anime cutscene, I'm like just I feel like I'm I'm watching a movie. It's it's so good. Um, so yeah, that, that, listen, we've gushed about this game for over an hour now. <laughs> Um, if you, if any of this sounds intriguing to you, highly recommend picking it up. Um, if you want to learn more about it, James has written extensively about it for Goombastop.com. Mark, I believe you've also written a couple articles mm-hmm. about this game. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Campbell, have you written anything about Persona 5 for Goombastop? I've not, but I feel like it's only a matter of time now. <laughs> well, imagine, like, listen, I, I know we, we were joking about it, but you should absolutely consider writing something about why, why is the music so incredible? Um... <laughs> Because it really or is. Or why Makoto is the best girl from the sound. Or why Makoto is the best both? girl. Why not? <laughs> That's like two articles right there. Honestly, let's uh, do it. Yeah, ranking, ranking all the girls in person. Close the comment God. section. God. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it yeah. down. Got to lock Shut that comment down. section early. Um but yeah, but that's How about it. I just <laughs> put everybody, everybody except Makoto at the bottom, and then it's like rank five. Everyone else, nothing on the four, three, or two. 
then and, and then just turn one. off your Twitter yeah. for the next. Yeah, week. exactly. <laughs> I have no sense of self-preservation or anything. So Dick Campbell craves violence. Um, <laughs> I, I listen. I know that there's more to say about Persona Five Royal, but I feel as though that is a, a fairly a fairly. I feel like we did a did the work here, gentlemen. Um, any any final thoughts about Persona Five Royal before we before we call it for the evening? Campbell, I keep, can't believe you hate Morgana. <laughs> I don't hate Morgana. Let me clarify that. I really love Morgana. It's just that in the first, you know, 10 hours of the game, he's always just explaining, like, this is what a shadow is. This is what a palace is. Distorted holds on desires. holds on tight to my Morgana plush that's life-size. <laughs> Look, I... Well, I Morgana I, was much more annoying in the base version of the game when he kept forcing you to go to bed go to every night. Mm-hmm. That, that this... doesn't happen anywhere near as much in Royal. So as far as I'm concerned, Morgana Morgana deserves a pass on this one. Nice. Morgana gets a, a baton pass, is what you're saying? Absolutely. Nice. No, I really, I love Morgana. Don't, don't get the record straight. I mean, what? Don't get the record straight? You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, don't get it, don't get it straight, guys. Uh, <laughs> that's your sign-off, Campbell. Don't get Thank it straight. Uh, what? What does that mean? Um, I guess we'll, I guess we'll sign off. Uh, Persona 5 Royal is a phenomenal, phenomenal game. It is frankly unbelievable that it is on switch that it runs as well as it does on switch it's uh it is just a, a one more quiver or one more arrow in the quiver of the of the outstanding jrpg jrpg library that is just continuing to to dominate uh the switch lineup I imagine James will have you back on in the spring when, uh, or the late winter when Persona Three and Persona Four come to Switch. Like I, I, I'm sure that you'll be playing those. I would love to. <laughs> I've already played both of them. So I was gonna oh, say, I, I'm like, I'm like, oh, maybe I can. Like I, I have been. <laughs> oh boy, I have restarted Persona Four Golden on my Vita. Which, like, why did I do that? But uh, here we are. Um, so who knows? Maybe I'll have that finished by the time those games come out to Switch. Just in time for me to restart them once again. Um, I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find some of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. Uh, recently, I wrote about the excavation of Hobbs Barrow, a point-and-click adventure game that is perfect for Halloween. Very spooky, very fun. Again, phenomenal writing and performance. We talked a lot about writing and performance on this podcast, and I think that game has that as well in spades. I'm over on Twitter at Action Daxon. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at the Markel, that of course is Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find my work over on Goombastomp.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I did the same thing last week. Said the same exact thing. Uh, over on the website. <laughs> We're nothing if not consistent over here. <laughs> yep. Uh, over on the website, you can read my work for Mario Plus Rabid Sparks of Hope. I almost said Kingdom Battle. Yes. Uh, for Sparks of Hope. Really love that game. You can read my review up on the website and other pieces on the game. Uh, I'll have a review for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed up uh, on the weekend for Halloween. And then uh, over on Tilt Magazine, you can read my review for Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, which is really good, that show. You guys should all watch it. I cannot wait to watch that sh- to watch that show. Not to get too off topic here. Uh, Campbell, what about yourself? Where, where are you? 
Uh, Where are you, I, Campbell? <laughs> I, I don't know. I ask myself that every day. Um, wow. But when it comes to games writing, you can find me over at GoombaStomp.com. Uh, got an indie game spotlight that went up a few weekends ago, as well as a new one that came up uh, just this past weekend. So go check those out and stay tuned for some interviews and spotlights that we've got in the pipeline. So keep an eye out for those. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at CampbellSkill, uppercase CSG. Lovely, lovely. And James, thank you so much again for, for joining us from uh, several time zones away um, over in your neck of the woods. Uh, we, I'm not anything... going to tell you how late it is. Right I now. don't want to know. I, I hope we're not I, keeping you I up. I just did the math. I'm so sorry, James. <laughs> um, any 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 social media you want to shout out? Any articles you want to promote? Like, please, go, uh, go, go, go nuts. Yeah, feel free to, to go to my Goomba Storm profile and read my latest reviews on, on Persona 5 Royal on Nintendo Switch and Lego Brick Tales on Nintendo Switch. And uh, my next review will be New Tales from the Borderlands, which I think is also on Switch, but I'm not playing it on Switch. Uh, and you can also <laughs> follow Heresy. me on Twitter at SACGuna63, uh, where I, I I don't say anything interesting. But you can follow me anyway. <laughs> Lovely. Um, excellent. Uh, NExpress is, of course, also on social media. We're on Twitter at NExpressNintendo. And uh, listen, we promoted this a little bit last week. We got a fun uh, listener email. So if you want to send a, a listener email to uh, to the hosts of the show, uh, me, Campbell, and Mark, and occasionally James, uh, just send an email over to, what is it, Mark? Video games editor at GoombaStop.com? Mm-hmm. Video games editor at GoombaStop.com. And maybe put in the subject line, like, Ari, uh, NExpress Nintendo podcast. And or question or something like that, and, and you know if it's if it's a fun question, we'll do our best mm-hmm. to to, uh, to answer that on the show. Yes, uh, we got another question, but we'll we'll do it next. We're gonna week. save it. We'll <laughs> save it for next week. Pack. Save it for our next week. Um, this week. So. Yeah, we got it. We got to We got to dole those out one at a time. Um, so well, don't forget to rate, review, listen on the podcast platform of your choice. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. There's no time for indecision